Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Steve. I'm Erica. I'm Rich. And today we're going to be going over Parasite-themed movies. The movies we're going to be going over are The Tick from 1993, The Bay from 2012, and Viral from 2016. Next week we're going to be doing a Friday the 13th episode, but Ciro will be working on a Artist Spotlight episode with Sylvester Barzi on his book Planet Dead, so be on the lookout for both of those next week and enjoy the episode. Come get your bags, guys. This place looks worse than the projects. It started out small. It's got measles bumps. It's a tick. Vampires of the insect world. A part of Mother Nature's wonder. What's so inspiring about bugs and insects and snakes? But then they grew. Don't move. There's something on your back. Get it off now! And grew. Just don't touch it if you don't know what it is. Don't touch it, it attacked me. Unimaginable. Ticks do not get this big. Starting out with Ticks, it was released in 1993 and directed by Tony Randall. It follows a group of people who go into the woods on a nature getaway type trip to get in touch with nature, I guess. And uh, they start getting attacked by giant ticks that were created by like a drug drug lab, I guess. <laughs> it, it was like a marijuana like hydroponic system that had like genetically enhanced steroids that they yeah. were using on it. Yeah, and then it gets some wild like twist where these townspeople killed the sheriff and then they go after the people and a lot of shit happened in this movie. <laughs> well, the, 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 those two townspeople, they wanted they wanted that blood, man. They were trying to make that hustle. Yeah, they were the drug dealers. Yeah, and by the way, the guy growing the fucking pot, of course his name is Jarvis, so the second I hear that, I'm like, alright. <laughs> Can we just Still, discuss how fucking your family creepy was he was? Business? He was creepy, yeah. He kept making everybody call him sir, and I'm, yeah, that shit was, he was off. Something off about that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah what, what was up with the combing of the hair constantly, every time? And it was shitty, like, he didn't even have any product in, he was slicking back some dry 80s Aquanet <laughs> yeah. fucking hair. Yeah. yeah. Just did not do anything every time he did it, it was just, like, still the same hair. Those cowboy boots, though. Yeah. Dude was rocking them. But, um, I, I think what really got this movie was the casting of Seth Green and Alfonso Ribeiro who is Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Which, might I say, Carlton acting hard in a Dude. movie. Dude. <laughs> All right, like, come on, picture that. Like, Carlton was the dork in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, everyone clowned on him. So to see him play this, like, L.A. thug and shit, I was just, like, trying to hold a straight face while seeing that. Oh, my gosh. Like, the first that scene. Was shit. The Dude, first scene honestly, I showed him on <laughs> when he fucking comes out with the switchblade, I fucking <laughs> lost it. I was dying. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It, while it was funny to like see like everybody portrays him as Carlton to see him play a role like this, I thought he had the best acting in the movie. To be honest with you. Uh... Dude, the scene where the scene where his dog died and he was just like crying on the spot like that, and the one line in the beginning, what was it? Um, oh, what was his name? What was his street name? Panic. Yeah, they call me Panic because I don't. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> or like because I never do. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I actually, I actually wrote down in my notes. Wait, I didn't. 
Yes, I did. I wrote down in my notes, Alfonso Ribeiro should have won an Oscar. <laughs> um, Jesus. Panic? Seth Green, I mean, you pretty much get what you're expecting with Seth Green. Yeah, Early Seth Green movie. Himself. Yeah, but um, I, I think it's funny, too, like, everybody just places him as Carlton, so that's... I feel like if they went with another actor acting that cheesy, it wouldn't have been funny. But the fact that it's the geekiest guy on television playing this, like, hard role, you just have to laugh at it. It's like L.A. Thug. And on top of that, the MC Hammer Pants and Flasher <laughs> jacket that he was rocking throughout the entire movie. Yeah. That was solid. Yeah, when did the Fresh Prince come out? Did this come out before the Fresh Prince started? Uh, it came out in 1990, so... Fresh oh, Prince no. came out was, before this. He was already Carlton when he came out with this. That, already established. <laughs> but uh, the idea for the movie was actually thought up by the special effects creator Doug Beswick uh, two decades before the movie was actually made. So the idea was floating around for a while. It was originally titled Cycle of Blood. It would have been oh. interesting to see this movie with... Like, if he had the concept for for the design, for, like, the creatures and the special effects, if he had been sitting on that idea for two decades, I think that it would have been really interesting to see see all of that two decades early. Yeah. When, when, that, when that style wasn't yet, like, developed. I mean, so this, this came out in 93, so you're talking 73. Mm-hmm. Could you mm-hmm. imagine a movie like this coming out in, like, 73 with that type of... Uh, design to it i mean i think that it would have been it it would have been groundbreaking it would have yeah for that time exactly and i think that you probably would have gotten a totally different movie but i wonder how like because we we're looking at this and we're kind of classifying it as kind of like it's 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 a cheesy horror movie i mean it, it is when you get right down to it it's it's got a lot of vibes of that early 90s angsty teen feel to it and oh, yeah. that's, I mean, that's what they were. They, they were kids who were, they were troubled teens who were on this, this op in the woods to, to rehabilitate themselves or to get themselves in a better place. And basically so that they weren't spending time in the city fucking shit up. <laughs> so, I mean, if you, if you can imagine taking like the special effects that he put in this movie with, with the development of those, the animatronical ticks that he used and, um, even like the, the gore when the ticks are kind of like attaching to things and coming out of things and like breaking out. I mean, I couldn't imagine seeing that in the seventies. I bet you that would have been something to see. Yeah. yeah. People definitely, uh, wouldn't have went in the woods if it came out in the seventies. <laughs> it had the same effect as like Jaws when it first came out. It's funny when we, when you picked the movies, Rich, Steven had said like, oh, this is fitting for the time because there's like a big tick breakout in new york yeah right and now. they're really bad this year yeah. apparently they're carrying like a new disease that's like killing people and shit well when we were on our, okay so when we were on our way back from new york because uh for anybody listening sierra and i were up visiting new york this weekend and uh we were on our way back down and our tire popped and we didn't have a lug wrench it's 1 30 in the morning we're stuck on the side of the road so i'm like stressed out i'm like all right i'm gonna go see if i can find a walmart because we're broken down right by an exit so i go over and i hop this fence after right after i hop the fence a guy pulls up who has a wrench with him so i climb back over the fence i was in the grass for maybe like a minute i pulled like 20 ticks off of me right after that holy shit yeah you must have stepped in like a nest and right after and like our plans were to get back from new york and watch this movie. So 
when we got back and I'm still pulling takes off of me, I'm like, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have skeeved me out for sure. It did. Yeah, they're, they're really bad, man. I've been playing golf at the place where I work, and it's like it's gotten to the point where if I hit a ball into the woods or like the tall grass, I won't even go and look for it. Like my friend who I was playing with walked into the grass to look for his ball and literally pulled like eight or nine ticks off of them. You should like, start, you should start looking at this. Like it's like a documentary. Like if somebody goes to go in the grass, be like, yo, haven't you ever seen the movie ticks? You don't go in the grass. <laughs> you don't go in the grass. But, um, I got to say, uh, the special effects for this movie were definitely the high point besides the LOLs. Uh, they were do- they were good. I mean, there were some great gory scenes in there where I was like, man, this is pretty fucking gnarly and pretty gross, to say the least. Like, when the ticks are popping out of the one guy's face where he's like, shoot me. I can't remember the name of the actor, but he's in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was a fucking awesome scene. And I liked the way the ticks were done. They were just... I, it, it was like... I don't know. It was kind of silly, like, how big they got, but it, it just worked. Yeah. And uh, when when they were latched onto the people and, you know, trying to rip them off and you see the damage that's done and all the blood coming out, it was just, it was pretty awesome to see. So it, it starts getting really, yeah, it starts getting really out there too. Like at the end of the movie, Alfonso Ribeiro's character is like dead in the cabin. And then all of a sudden, like this fucking tick basically explodes out of his body and it's just giant fucking tick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so... But, um, you know, the special effects were really good in it. Uh, I, th- I do agree that they were probably the high point apart from the cheesy script. But I-, I think about, like, halfway through the movie, I almost fell off a little bit because it almost loses its cheesiness and starts kind I don't want to say it gets serious because it's still very much cheesy, but it- I don't know if it's kind of like I got used to it halfway through and I kind of just expected it at that point. But... I think what you're like, I, I think I kind of got that same vibe, like sort of towards the middle of it. It tries to take like almost like a serious yeah. flip to it and it didn't quite work. So like towards the end, you see where it kind of like flips back and it starts getting that like yeah. comical relief to it. But <clears throat> I think that, I think that the reason they, they kind of did that is because if you notice in, in the early beginning, you get some mild character development but you really don't get a lot of character development until you hit that that middle range that's when you kind of learn why each of the characters are kind of on this trip so it it did go into detail a little bit on why uh seth green's character was was on that trip he had an an accident when he was uh younger where he had been abandoned in the woods and he held on to a tree for several hours yelling for his father who never came back um, and so he's kind of got this, A, a fear of being left alone, and two, he's kind of got, like, a fear of the woods, so he's on this nature trip to kind of overcome that. Um, I think the, uh, the one, the one girl who's, like, she doesn't talk, I think she's got, like, two lines throughout the whole Dee Dee. movie. Dee Dee. glasses. Yeah. yeah. She, I think she, it said that she had, uh, she had been raped, um, and she, like, it was her trying to, to overcome that and how the uh, the teacher that was with them had really helped her. And, you know, um, so it starts like you hit that middle ground and it's starting to give you an idea of who these characters are. And it's interesting for me anyway, because I think that there was two different ways that they could have gone with this film. They really could have kept going on the, the whole cheesy aspect or it could have been a really serious movie yeah. if you took the ticks out of it. For a cheesy B movie there was a lot of character development and I think that makes it kind of unique in a way. 
And it was interesting to see them take such, like, a ultimately, like Dylan said, a cheesy movie and bring some some life to it in, in a personable and serious way. So it's got a lot of pros and it's got a lot of cons. I think that if they wanted to keep going with that, um, the character development and the way that they were going, um, then the whole storyline with the ticks and stuff kind of took away from that. But I don't think reversing that and using like the ticks and and that whole um, that whole storyline, I don't think that adding the seriousness took away from that though. Yeah. So it's. It's I think, kind of a juxtaposition there. I think what took away, like, where I started fall, falling off was when they tried to add in the townspeople who were trying to steal the weed and then killed the sheriff and put brought that whole spin. Like, if it had stuck with just the ticks attacking these people and them trying to survive, like, this infestation of ticks, I probably would have stayed on board completely. I don't think it ruined the movie at all. Like, I, I enjoyed watching the movie, but... I'm wondering if they, there was deleted scenes that would have explained that plotline a little bit better. Yeah. They just, you know, they they tried to cram too much into the movie with yeah. it. It was like they showed up to warn them that there was weed around and not, like, pretty much threaten them to not go out in the woods looking for the weed. And, you know, they killed the sheriff why i don't know because the sheriff already knew that people were growing weed around there so it kind of seemed like why would you go out of your way to kill him if he already was like kind of cool with it and like even though the vet doctor knew people were growing weed it seemed like everybody knew about it anyway it wasn't like some big secret you know for them to show up at the end and kind of like take control like a heist it's like did you not see like all these like creatures that are outside and now you're gonna try to jack their van like why don't you work together and i'll just get out of there all right so it kind of was like misleading how the ticks got big i see how there's that machine and it, it, somehow it alters the marijuana plants but how i did not guess that it was like some kind of steroid that was being put into the machine and the ticks were like feeding off of it it was dripping just... on the cocoons in the beginning and then you don't realize it until they go bring the dog to the vet's office and they cut it open and then she's like oh it's some sort of steroid that they use on the marijuana plants yeah like it was pretty much just like open-ended to that like them telling you what it was i love that oh, okay i you love the, I like that part because i was so focused on the needle scene where like she's <laughs> trying to like draw the blood and shit i was like oh fuck fuck and then finally it reveals a tick that i kind of just like overlooked that part because i was just yeah. so captivated by the special effects there yeah it's sucking the blood back out of the syringe. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. But um, I, I I feel like this movie did have a very like '80s horror vibe to it, and like especially with the dialogue. But there's also like a with how the ticks were made and like little subtle things throughout the movie. There's very much a like drugs are bad, drugs kill type thing. Like, there's a poster in the town at one point, it's like, marijuana, the assassin of youth. And it's it, funny, too, because it's totally spelt wrong. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought that was funny. I got a, I got a big kick out of that, because it's just, again, it just added to the cheesiness. Like, it, it was a very big throwback to, like, very classic horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Here you got Reckless Teens and yeah. the mix of drugs and then this is what happens when you do drugs kids you get attacked <laughs> by giant ticks i love yeah. I, my favorite line or not really line but my favorite part is when they burn the ticks seth green and um panic 
I, I'm just gonna call him Panic. When they burn the tick, and the lady who's in charge of the group is like, "Oh, what? Did I smell something burning?" And he's like, "He was gonna smoke, but I stopped him." And he like turns, he's like, "You suck." <laughs> Do you know what? I I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but Dylan was saying earlier the the end scene where um where Panic is overtaken by the giant tick. <clears throat> you notice that when he got shot by the uh, the farmers in the field. He started popping the steroids that he took from the uh, from that the other guy that was on the trip with them. I didn't yeah. notice that. He started popping yeah, the steroids right. to keep himself to keep his adrenaline going so he wouldn't die from the gunshot wound. And it was what fed the tick and what okay. caused the tick to get so big inside of him. So that, I thought I'd clear that up a little bit. That makes more sense. Because yeah, I was kind of just like, why did that tick just, why did just shoot just, up yeah. out of nowhere? Yeah. No, yeah. That's, he was he was oh, eating wait. those steroids. He had like a he had a uh, like a sandwich baggie full of steroids. And he was just like, he was popping them to keep his adrenaline going so that he wouldn't die from the gunshot wound because he got shot. I think he got shot in like the stomach. And uh, that's what, you know, they, the lady in the, the vet said, you know, that the ticks were getting as big as they were due to the steroids that they were using. So an idea that they took and ran with, with mm-hmm. the um, the growing of the tick inside of them. So that was pretty cool. And an Damn interesting those detail. ticks in the woods, shooting up steroids. <laughs> I love that uh, Seth Green's character too becomes like the badass savior at the end of the movie. Or like, I, I I love the ending scene where they're like fighting off the ticks and he has the broom that's on fire and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like a like a yeah. I, at first I thought he had a flamethrower the way the fire was spitting out of it kind of a bit. Yeah. But then I was like, wait, no, that's a fucking broomstick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember the movie The Page Master with Macaulay Culkin? Yes. Did he not Briefly. look like that character? He did. Seth Green looked just <laughs> like that character. A little bit of uh, completely off topic, but I just heard it yesterday when we were like writing notes for the mo- uh, this episode and stuff. I was watching this thing on Jay and Silent Bob, and apparently when they were making Mallrats, the company didn't want Jason Mewes in the movie, so they wanted to replace him and have Seth Green play Jay in Mallrats. It would have been the same. It would not not have been okay. Yeah, I I thought that was funny, but I, I thought of it because we're talking about Seth Green, but... All right, so final thoughts on Ticks. For its time, I don't think it was a bad movie. Um... The special effects were great. I think that we all covered that, and we're all pretty much in agreement on that. So special effects were awesome. Um, decent character development. I think that they could have taken this movie in either two different routes, and I think that they could they could have made two totally separate movies out of this, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, overall, though, it was, it was a decent, cheesy horror flick. Um, I definitely think that it's up some people's alleys where it's probably not up everyone's. I wish that there was, like, better music selection. I feel <laughs> like they could have done more with, like, with sound. Yeah. Like, like the special effects were great, and it, it, the, the visuals were on point. Um, I think that they, they focus so much on that, though, that they, and the character development, which is a good thing. Uh, that they kind of lost a little bit in the actual storyline. Um, the plot was solid, but they there were some gaps and some holes there. But uh, I think that they they could have uh, there could have been some some more visually aesthetic um, focuses there. Uh, so that was that was kind of a a downer for me on that and and sound. I really I really like movies that incorporate music. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily like songs, but instrumentals or anything like that to kind of hype the vibe that you're you're getting from the movie. So I think they could have went a little bit stronger there. So overall, 
Um, I think I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a five and a half. I had fun watching the movie. It was a good movie to just throw on and have some laughs, but also enjoy in regards to, like we said, the special effects. As far as what we brought up with, like, the... It could have gone two separate ways with the building up character development or just staying cheesy. I feel like that's where it kind of lacked because I would have... Rather than take one strong direction, it took... It tried to take two strong directions that didn't really clash together. So I feel like it almost was its own worst enemy in that sense. But I still enjoyed the movie thoroughly. I would probably give it a 6 out of 10. I guess I'll go next. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to sound repetitive with what you guys said. So I, I'm just going to say I definitely agree with you on the LOLs for sure. And uh, the special effects were great. Also, I think the movie was, uh, the way the acting was, was just so appropriate with the time. Like, you think about anything campy or cheesy, it's definitely relatable to the early 90s, especially with that style and, like, those, just those kind of 90s one-liners that uh, Panic was throwing out there. So it was just kind of funny to watch. Like, I was born that year, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of nice to throw it back to see what was going on during that time. And for what it was, I will... I definitely enjoyed it as a B-movie, and that's the best way you could look at it, is just one of those cheesy uh, horror films that you could have a good laugh with with a couple of friends. So I'm going to agree with Erica's rating and give this a 5.5. Rich, let me get them digits. I really enjoyed this movie. I'm into the whole like cheesy horror flicks, but I don't think it, it pushed the boundaries too far into the cheesy where you were like, why the hell am I even watching this? Special effects were great characters were great carlton was awesome yeah pretty much everything else has been said uh, i'm gonna have to go with a six on this one right. um good movie not something you're gonna want to watch over and over again but definitely something you you know if you're bored don't have anything else to do and your friend's like oh let's watch a horror movie You'd be like oh okay and throw it on and just like chill all right so that gives an average rating of 5.75 which i think is pretty fitting I think that's yeah. good. That's a good score. <clears throat> For this movie, definitely a solid rating. If you, like I said on the uh, Instagram page, if you want to see Carlton act like a badass, definitely give it a watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most day and night thing you'll ever see. <laughs> you know what would have given, you know what would have pushed me to give this like a, a solid 6 to a 6.5 if he'd have danced? The Carl, if he did the Carlton, <laughs> if he'd have thrown a Carlton in there at some point, I'd I'd up the ante on this one. Totally against his character in this movie. <laughs> it's I th- okay. I, th- I think they could have made a laugh if like Seth Green's character started doing the dance and like Carlton like punched him in the arm or something. Yeah, I could see that too. I I I don't know. Just the fucking opening scene where he has the switchblade and he's like, "If you miss this shot, you're dead." And he like makes the shot and he's like, "I wasn't watching. Make it again." I fuck. Dude, I was I was almost in tears. I was like, "This is the funniest shit I've ever seen." <laughs> yeah, what a way to introduce the characters. Like, boom. Yeah. Basketball. Make the shot. <laughs> so like, yo, is this a horror movie or a basketball film? <laughs> kind of like, what's going on right now? Nine one one. What are you reporting? <laughs> Sorry, did you say you say something bad? Yeah, really Where is she bleeding from? <laughs> Good morning, Marilyn. I am in Claridge, the host of our annual July Fourth party. 
CDC. We're in the middle of some kind of viral outbreak. It's eating their organs, intestines, liver. It goes for kidneys. There's something wrong with the water. This stuff has chemical steroid in it. Hey, we got a situation over the 911 call center, and the system's about to go down. We're just overloaded with calls. Stephanie, you're not answering your phone. I do not want you to get off that boat. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. I know they shut down all the roads going into Clarity. Now I'm flying over the water here, and, uh, well, there's just dead fish everywhere. All right. So, moving on to The Bay, it was released in 2012 and directed by Barry Levinson. The movie was shot in a documentary-type style with a character narrating the events that took place in a town in Maryland in which there was an outbreak of these parasites that were killing people, making them sick, and it pretty much wiped out this whole town. The town was put on quarantine, and the movie was documenting how the events came to be and what came of the town. Um, I think the background behind the movie is probably the most interesting thing. So Barry Levinson, the director, was approached to make a documentary on the pollution in the Chesapeake Bay. And he got all this information on the Chesapeake Bay and found another documentary that was pretty much doing the same thing. So he thought, okay, well, nobody's going to care about my documentary. I'm going to take all of this information that I found and make it into a theatrical movie. So he took all of that, made the bay, and in making it, he had all of the actors in the movie film their own stuff on their own cameras because in his eyes, if a if a disaster were to happen nowadays, this is how it would be recorded and documented. So he wanted it to be as realistic as possible. And I thought that that alone, even before I watched the movie while reading up on that, I thought that that was right there unique and interesting enough to make the movie worth a watch. So yeah. I think it was well executed. So anybody who's who's watched this or wants to watch it, what Dylan said about the, the filming style and and everything, I, I'm not, not big on the whole found footage um, sort of thing, which is, is, which is kind of the, the feel that this gets. I, I am a big fan of documentaries, so it was nice to see that sort of mashup, if you would. So the way that he executed this by giving each of the people who were filming their own cameras, you can tell that one, not everybody is on the same type of camera. So the main character, hers is filmed, like when you're, you're seeing her, um, hers is filmed with a webcam and you can clearly tell it's filmed with Mm -hmm. a webcam. Um, There's a scene with a a couple on a dock and theirs was filmed with a, um, a digital camera and you can tell that it was filmed with a digital camera. And I, I thought that was really cool. So it stays true to the nature of what they were using to, to film each of those scenes. And, and that, I think, gave it a really unique quality. Yeah. And it was also like a compilation. It, it did a good job of just being a compilation of all this footage found. I mean, you had, on top of what you had said, like the cop, the police footage from the cop cars of like them responding to calls and... Uh, security, security yeah, security cameras in the hospital, like so much stuff, and it just made it such a unique watch because you don't yeah. really see movies like that. And on top of that, the fact that this guy went through all this research, like he was, he ha- he knew his stuff. It wasn't just uh, let's make a movie, throw some parasites, not explain anything, and just go with it. Like he knew what he was talking about while making the movie, and I think that that is just awesome on its own. Yeah. Yeah, this definitely, um, you know, once again, going back to ticks, it's throwing the whole 
steroid thing on like a, a natural parasite predator kind of deal. But this one definitely, the Bay definitely explained it a lot, like in higher detail, like um, before anything really started happening in the movie. Like you said, Dylan, he researched all his facts. So they pretty much went over exactly why the Bay was polluted and what was going on before anything started happening with the um, citrulopods or whatever they're called. Yeah, there were... It's funny too because they're those are actual things too. They're in salt water. We have oh, yeah. we have saltwater tanks, and I actually have little ones in my tank. And I kind of looked at my tank funny. Well, <laughs> after watching this movie, I was like, uh, I don't know if I should trust you now. Um, yeah, they're one that, of the oldest living organisms still. Yeah, uh, that that's that's what kind of confused me on it though is. I feel like they gave a lot of different explanations as to what started this. So, like, they had said, oh, it's the steroids from the chicken farm getting pumped in and leaked into the bay. And then they brought up at one point that there was, like, a nuclear uh, a nuclear disaster or something, and it was seeping into the bay. And it was like, was it a mix of all of these things that created it? Like, I, I wasn't really sure what exactly it was supposed to be. Yeah, I think I think it was the CDC that was saying about the nuclear disaster that wasn't supposed to affect the bay until another couple of years yeah. from then. So I think that was the I, chief I, with the Coast Guard. Because yeah. that was the CDC was inquiring about it when they phoned in, and it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the uh, the main guy with the Coast Guard, and he said that he had been, they had been notified of it. I think he actually was with, actually, no, it wasn't. It was the guy with the EPA, and he said that he had yeah. been notified of the of it, and it wasn't expected, I think, to hit the bay until like 2027 or something like that. 2024. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it possibly could have been a mix. It, it kind of gives a little bit more of an explanation i think they kind of threw that in to cover their own asses in making this movie being like well you know we do kind of dump chicken shit and you know that's what actually going on but people like to not start like an uproar about the movie being like well if this really happens like this could really happen kind of a deal you know it just Mm -hmm. adds another variable into like why something like this happened Throwback to the Creep Show episode last week, Erica bringing up the fucking <laughs> like I can see why Steven doesn't swim in anything but a I, pool yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was serious. Like I watched this, and like the first, like halfway through, the first thing that came to my head was I'm totally on board with Steven and never <laughs> fucking swimming in anything other than a pool again. Which There's just too me, many risks. No, it, like not only that though, but the thing that the one thing that the issue that I had with this and. I okay so they said at the end they just they they go into the fact that uh to to clear it up they dumped large amounts of chlorine into the bay to kill it how Uh did the fucking people in the pool get the virus while they were in the pool because the pool's filled with fucking chlorine yeah yeah that was the only that was the only like i feel like that was just like a minute detail that was skipped over it was a pop-up pool so they could have literally just filled it from water from the bay instead of actually like chlorinating and like doing all that stuff to it the one lady was in an in-ground yeah it was like a big in-ground pool that she was in oh was it really huh yeah well, it also it also didn't. Sorry, Dylan. Uh, it no, also good. didn't didn't have anything to do with like 
even people who just swam in the water, it wasn't that. They also went into detail about how they had the water treatment plant, but that the larvae of the creatures could, like, go through the filtration. So it was, like, pretty much if you drank any water at any period of time, like, when this was going on, you were pretty much done for. Which doesn't make sense because um, the mayor drinks the water. And, like, he's, like, best-tasting water. And he doesn't get affected at all. No, he, he, he gets off by the fucking car accident. Yeah, and, they, and also the news reporter, the main reporter. Like, it, it doesn't really explain how certain people survived it or how everyone else gets infected. My My biggest complaint with the movie would have to be, like, there's really no build-up. It's, like, everything is fine. And then all of a sudden, all at once, everybody's infected, like... The people yeah. are having the uh, – and it may just be the way the clips were cut together where they just started cutting together everybody getting infected at the same time because it was made like a documentary. But it's like everything was fine and then all of a sudden all these people have rashes and these people are throwing up and these people are like passing out in the streets and it was like zero to 100 instantly. And yeah. the way I looked at this movie was like picture a seismograph. The needle shot up but it just stayed up the entire rest of the movie to where I really liked it. And then it started getting to the point where it jumped the gun so fast that they really weren't getting any worse than what it had already gotten. Yeah. There was no climax to the movie because the climax happened. Exactly. Into the movie. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did like it how the people out on the boat were like showing how the parasite like infected the fish. Yeah. And it kind of, like, you know, gave a little bit more of an explanation of, like, if that did infect a person, like, what they would do. But, yeah, it was just, like, you got so many different perspectives of, like, what was going on. You know, you got the girl who was uh, FaceTiming her friend during the whole thing when she had the rash. And you got the bunch of people in the hospital on the hospital cameras. You got the cops who were responding to calls to the point where they were getting so many calls, like... There like was was going to an answering machine and shit. It was just like it all exploded, which yeah. I don't. Which you know wouldn't really make sense in this kind of a scenario. You would think it would slowly kind of build up. That, yeah, that's know. what I'm saying. It, it just yeah. kind of everything happened at once. I think that I, I think that the the thing about that and it it didn't bother me so much that that happened. Because I, I noticed if you, everything's timestamped. All of the clips are timestamped. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it gives you a solid timeline. And I'm wondering, and this is just this is just me thinking about the movie and, and what caused it to go from A to B and so fast. But I'm wondering if the reason that it went zero to 60 like it did, because like if you, if you look, there is, in, in most epidemic movies... Or anything involving like some sort of outbreak, there's always that that patient X, that that mm-hmm. first your first person that that gets it. And if, for me, the the movie didn't have that. There was no no patient X. Um, it, it basically revolves around the Fourth of July party, and all of a sudden, like you like Dylan said, all hell breaks loose. But I, I'm wondering if it, it had been something slow building, so the larva had been. The larva had been um, like incubating, incubating, not necessarily incubating. But if you if you notice the scene where the two the two biologists are swimming, it tells you when they came upon the nest, it just 
fucking devoured them initially. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. just like totally tore into them. So I wonder if the larva needed a solid food source that it wasn't getting until it hit the gastrointestinal tract of the person because they they basically was eating them from the inside out. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they weren't able to sustain themselves or, or grow until they had that nutrient source. So I'm wondering if like... The reason all hell broke loose is because maybe it had taken them a long time to to get into, um, I guess, like getting through the filtration system and actually getting somewhere where they could be consumed. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it, 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 they, it had taken them up until that day to get to where they needed to be in order for them to be consumed. And you're thinking it's 4th of July, it's hot as hell, you're in the South, everybody's going to be drinking water. Yeah. They're going to be trying to stay hydrated. Most of them are going to be out drinking. So. Well, they're having a festival too. Exactly. So, So, and it was in their food source. I mean, they were doing like a crab eating contest. So those, those mm -hmm. uh, parasites were already inside the, the crabs that they were eating inside the water they're drinking. So I think that they finally just had the catalyst where they could just fucking blow up like one, two, three. Yeah. I mean, you make a really good point there, Erica. Like, you know, obviously the people who were living in the town were prior exposed to this and were drinking it. Maybe it was a deal where, like, if they drank the larvae, it didn't really do anything when they first started. And, like, everybody in the town was drinking it and was already infected with it, but it didn't really do anything. And then once they reached a certain maturity, that's when they started seeing the side effects and, like, that's when it all started happening. I don't know. I kind of wish the isopods had more, like, I don't want to say screen time. Screen like, time. they're not an actor. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they did it. I'm assuming it was CGI, but it was very well done. Like, the way they moved, the way they looked, they did look like giant isopods. And yeah. it there was very few scenes that actually showed them. And a lot of the times where it did show them a lot, they were, like, in murky water. But, like, the, the end scene, for example, where the girl is in her car and the one infected girl jumps out from the back seat and gets her neck snapped and the bugs are like crawling out of her mouth. I thought that was really creepy. And like, I would have wanted to see more than that because a lot of the times what you're just seeing is like these people that have already been eaten out or eaten out. (laughs) These people that have, these people that have already been eaten or like, um, are like broken out in a rash, but haven't gotten consumed yet. So, yeah. It was definitely a letdown. Like, the one scene where the guy catches the fish and it comes out of the fish's mouth yeah. and, like, goes up his arm and bites him. And, like, I was expecting to see more scenes like that where, you know, but, uh... That's what I mean, yeah. though. Like, that was very well done as, like, a special effects type thing because it, it, it looks real. One kind of... I don't know if it was a plot hole or if it was made because it was made to be a documentary, but... One thing I didn't like was the whole movie, it's just showing the the clips of stuff that had happened. But at the end of the movie where the couple had gotten to the town with their baby off the boat and, like, they start realizing everybody's dead and all this shit's happening, there's, like, a shit ton of background music playing, like, really suspenseful horror background music. And I'm like, it took it almost took away from the ambiance of being in, like, first-person view yeah. or whatever. Like, because you're... Like the dead silence, everybody's dead, it would just be quiet. Yeah, like, but I mean, if you're showing it as like archive footage, an archive footage isn't going to have like horror music playing in the background. So I'm wondering if it was it was just kind of accidental because I think that background music was coming from the bar. 
No, yeah. it, it it was in all the different scenes when they're like driving the town. There's different musics playing, and but it was like suspenseful horror music. I didn't I, even notice that. Yeah, I would. I don't know when they when they got out off the boat on the dock, everything was quiet. It wasn't until they started walking yeah. around Main Street. And I'm sorry, who the fuck gets off on Fourth of July off the boat and goes? There's nobody around. I'm just gonna keep walking. That's what I said. I would have been like, <laughs> Nah, something's up. I ain't getting off this fucking boat. I watched it with my brother, and the first time you see a fucking dead body, I'm like, I would have been back on that fucking boat. <laughs> You're right. I'd have ran out of gas in the middle of the fucking bay, but I would not have been. Yeah. I actually did not like the involvement of the couple. I think the film would have done fine without their involvement. I feel like it was their way, because that was literally, like, the whole, like, last 25 minutes of the movie. I feel like it was their way of maybe not stretching it out, but, like, trying to throw some sort of, like, storyline into it. Well, it was like, it was like the third storyline. Like, you had the couple who was going to that place to meet up with their, like, parents and then you had the one girl who was going to the hospital, and then you had, like, the reporter. Yeah. And, like, so it was kind of, like, three different storylines going on that kind of, like, you know, and then you had the cops. So it was kind of just, like, it was cool in a way where you were seeing kind of, like, an outside point of view where, like, all hell's breaking loose in the town. And, like, these people are just, like, have no idea, like, oblivious, like, just going, like, right into what's going on. Other than that, it was, it was kind of, like, anticlimactic. Like, the dude jumps in the water. Like, everybody who was watching the movie knew he was going to get infected. And then, you know, it was just, like, they could have done something way better with, like, how they approached the town and everything. Yeah. But they just didn't. I, I don't even know if it's I I think that it would have been hard to do it any other way. I mean, you're using found footage, so there's gaps everywhere. You know, obviously, you'll have a couple stories that overlap, but it's it's kind of hard when you have found footage to make everything overlap to the point where you have a solid storyline because you're essentially, with found footage, you have multiple storylines going on. It all revolves around the same thing, but everybody's doing different things for different reasons. So when you have a storyline like the reporter, her storyline was to focus on the story that was at hand. So she's documenting the events because that's what she knows to do. The child going to the hospital, she's documenting everything around her out of pure fear because she's a child for one and her parents just fucking ditched her. (laughs) And she's trying to figure out, you know, am I going to die? Is everybody around me going to die? Where the fuck are my parents? Why do they hate me? And then, you know, you have the storyline with the couple and it could have been better. I don't understand the whole, why the baby? If they had the baby, they could have done without having the baby in the movie and they could have really developed those two to have a lot more of a solid storyline. Yeah. Um, you know, because I mean, she she goes as far, it doesn't explain whether she makes it out of the town or not. It just shows her I th- trying to No, I think it leave. does because uh, at the end when the reporter's giving the last like bit of dialogue, she says like, I reached out to her to ask her to be a part of it. Oh, that's she right. Yeah, yeah and she, she said she say. didn't want to be a part of it because yeah. uh, they paid him off. That's right. It paid mm-hmm. her off. So, I mean, that they, it did, it, it tied up some loose ends there, but I mean, other than that, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to... See, at the same time, it didn't bother me too much though, because it was made to be like a documentary. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to, in real life, you're not going to have every loose end tied, tied up. up. You're not going to have every little bit of information explained. And you're not going to have these people to where when you're watching, you're like, Oh, you idiot. If you jump in the water, you're going to get eaten because that person 
might not know that they're going to get eaten. Like yeah. they just think they're being safe. So little little details like that didn't really take away from the movie too much. Like I said, I think my biggest complaint was just the fact that it jumped so fast and just stayed at that high point the whole time to where the high point gets boring. I don't want to say boring because I don't think it was boring, but it gets... It took away from it. Yeah. I, I think that the one thing that I saw online that I thought was really interesting is that in, a, in an interview, uh, the director said that 85% of the movie was based off facts. But never goes into detail about what exact 85% of it is facts. So, I mean, it kind of, it leaves a lot open to the imagination. Yeah. Um, could I see something like some sort of parasitical infection happening? Yeah, I could. But, I mean, even even coming out of the Chesapeake, I, the Chesapeake is is got a lot of pollution. Like, if you look into it, it does. Um they they dredge the shit out of it. I mean, they do so much stuff within within the Chesapeake. I mean, my husband just did a uh, job out there on one of the islands that are out there. There's a lot of land erosion and, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And anytime you have a big water source, people think it's okay to dump shit into it because they think there's enough water in there to filter it out or clean it out. And So, I mean, it, it was definitely believable. And uh, it was believable, too, with the, the isopods because... They've been around. I think they're one of the oldest living organisms yeah. found on Earth. So, I mean, if they've they've been around that fucking long, I'm pretty sure there's very little that's going to kill them. Well, I think it's believable, too, just because, like, I watched this with my brother and love him to death. He's naive as shit. But even watching it, he's like, wait, is this real? Like, did this actually happen? And I was like, nah, it didn't actually happen. <laughs> you should have totally convinced him because he totally would have believed it. Probably. <laughs> if I could go back. <laughs> It wasn't your typical found footage, so I guess it was unique yeah. in that aspect. But I think, like, the backstory was way more interesting than the delivery, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I could have done without the couple on the boat. And uh, it didn't make sense, the mayor not getting infected after he drank the water. And it's so focused on him drinking the water, like, leaving you to believe, like, oh, now he's infected. And so I'm wondering also, if it was a bottle of water. You it could have been. Yeah. Like he knew what was in there or he well, had an idea. Talking, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But he was talking about because there was concerns about the water and that they mentioned. And he was kind of almost like doing a little press conference saying cleanest water ever like here. That's because he was the it. owner of the turkey farms. I mean, the chicken farms. He owned a uh, majority of the chicken farms. So a lot of that hate was being thrown at him personally because it was his self-interest for that water to be, you know, clean because his fucking farms were poisoning it. So I'm wondering if he, if, you know, he... He knew because I think at even one point when they're talking with the CDC and they're talking with the um, the EPA guy and they're talking to the about the Coast Guard and stuff like that, they were saying that, uh, you know, the they had discussed it with the government, the town government and stuff like that, which would have included the mayor. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if he knew when he was just like, yo, somebody hooked me up with a bottle of that Aquafina. <laughs> Pour it in the fucking cup and pass it along. This episode brought yeah, to you by Aquafina. It, <laughs> it, it was it was either a ruse with a you know a bottle of filtered water, or it goes back to us talking about if it possibly could have had an incubation time of like the development of the parasite itself. I almost wonder too if they just wanted to give him some like poetic justice type death, like. <laughs> The only guy who survived died because there was no ambulance to respond to him. That too. He was a <laughs> fucking dude. Like, the dude was a dick. Overall, I, I enjoyed it for a, for a found footage. I, it, 
it wasn't what I expected of the found footage. I think that a lot of that was aided by the fact that it was a documentary. It was believable. A lot of movies that involve like outbreaks and stuff like that, it's usually zombie based. So it was kind of interesting to see that these people weren't coming back from the dead, that they were fucking done. Mm -hmm. That was it. And, you know, no headshots involved. They were just bugs ate them and that was the end of it. Uh, so that was kind of cool. I liked the the effects that they did with the um, anthropods, right? Or isopods. Either way, yeah. Same they're, thing. They're the same thing, yeah. Um, those effects were great. I probably won't eat fish for a really long <laughs> fucking time. And I'll be avoiding anything but, like, my shower. It was It was overall, it was a good movie. I think that... It had a couple flaws to it, like all movies. Um, I think that there were some places where they could have done without and some places that they could have could have gone stronger. I loved the scene with the um, with the two cops in the house. I that scene literally gave me the heebie-jeebies because yeah. they're in the house. You can hear the the infected person screaming with no tongue mind you for for the cop to just shoot him and you can it, even in a later clip you see the sheer distress that the cop had which was extremely believable and i don't know if it was because it was filmed using his um his dash cam or what but uh he he looked sincerely distraught so he shoots he shoots the sheriff because he doesn't want the sheriff to die in the same painful manner that he knows he's going to die and that he's just seen all these other people die so so <laughs> that mercy kill i think that that was that was really a, it was a really deep scene so i really like that and i think that 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 whole like the the dash cam and the the scenes inside the hospital, those were definitely the fucking creepiest because, you know, you get to the part and you're in the hospital and they just fucking leave the doctor. They're like, <laughs> all these nurses and shit, they're like, we're out, fuck you. These people are on their own. So, I mean, and that's sadly a reality of, of disasters like this. These people just... They even told the main doctor to leave, too. Mm-hmm, CDC told them to. And I think that it's just that, that self-preservation. You get to that point where, you know, shit's hit the fan so bad that it's... It's every man for themselves. So it, it really it really put that into perspective. So overall, I think it was a decent movie. So I'm going to give this one... I'm going to give it a 6.5. I, I really liked it. And um, if you're into any sort of outbreak movies, or if you like uh, found footage or documentaries or anything like that, or anything about pollution, this is probably up your alley. <laughs> Did they ever say what happened to the main doctor? I don't think he dies. Do. If you noticed, uh, he he started getting a rash because he starts filming himself, and he yeah, said he says, like, he says he knew he was going to make it out. Again. Overall, I think that the like the background behind how the movie came to be and the way that the director chose to have the movie shot is very unique. It's something that you don't see very often. I think that the fact that this was made as a documentary style and it wasn't just straight out a found footage movie. Also, was very unique. My only complaint with it really is, like I said before, the fact that it jumps to the climax 30 minutes in and just kind of stays there. So, overall, I, I, I did enjoy watching it. I thought it was interesting. It feels like you're watching a real documentary as you watch it, and for them to be able to pull something like that off, especially now where horror movies really just aren't what they used to be. And, you know, it does have its creepy parts, like you said, Erica, with the... The part where the cops are in the house, it's, it's a very creepy scene. I, I think overall I'd probably give it like a 7.2. Ooh, 
Okay. These freaky fucking numbers. <laughs> I'm t- I'm, <laughs> I have to honor Sierra's uh, rating scale this week. Gotcha. All right. So I I will say it was shot in a very interesting way, and it especially for a found footage style, it definitely did have that documentary feel to it, which I think did. A pretty decent job. I just think there were a couple of, uh, not plot holes, but I don't know. I just thought, like, the parasites would be killed by the chlorine because they dumped them at the end. So the, the whole pool thing of the people getting infected in the pool just really didn't make sense to me. And also the mayor of the town drinking the water and not being affected by it, uh, again, just really didn't make sense. But I think uh, the backstory to this film is really cool. Um, I just wish maybe it would have delivered a little bit better because there was no cool down period. It was just fucking craziness going through the, like you said, zero to 60, like almost the whole film. So I think if we got more of that cool down and like, you know, you just let things sink in, it would have delivered better. But because of that, it kind of lacked and just went all over the place. And it just seemed like it took a long time for military response to get there. And kind of, you know, just kind of handle it. And also, I wasn't really about the whole couple couple being involved with the bow. And then I felt like it just made the film drag to have the last 25 minutes. And there was a cheap jump scare with the woman in the cop car, which totally I was like, ah, come on, that was such a cheap placement for me. But, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I'm not really a fan of Parasite horror movies, to be completely honest, but... For what it tried, I'll give it a cre- credit. So I'll give this movie, uh, say, a five. I thought this movie was very well done. They put in a lot of small details. I like it how they said that, you know, they went for, like, the tongues and, like, the lips of it first. Not, you know, not just the people, but also the fish. Later on in the movie, when you see the dead bodies, their mouths are eaten first. Also going, you know, back to the scene where it's, like, it's almost using a style of old-school horror where you just hear the cops in the house with the guy who has his tongue eaten out, like, and it... It lets you visualize yourself what's going on, which kind of makes the scene a lot better, which a lot of movies don't use that technique anymore. Definitely a creepy scene when you're just hearing it and you're letting your imagination kind of fill in the blanks. I love it that the creatures were actually like real and, you know, at one time in prehistoric history, there were giant isopods and everything, whether or not they were as vicious as this movie portrayed him to be i have no idea but uh i i I just thought it it was well executed i've watched this movie more than once just the way the filming style was it's like you know you kind of pick up on another small detail every time you watch the movie definitely well done Uh, i'm gonna have to do uh seven out of ten all right so that gives the movie a 6.43 Disease Control Centers has confirmed that the virus has spread throughout the United States of America. Avoid infected at all costs. The public is calling it worm flu. New cases were confirmed today. Governments are on high alert. I don't know if any of you are following the news. If you're not, you should be. There's something going around that's making people sick. Gracie? Gracie? The last movie we're going to go over is Viral. It was released in 2016 and directed by Ariel Shulman and Henry Joost, who also <coughs> made the Catfish movie. Ariel Shulman is Neve Shulman's brother. What? 
Fun fact. Uh, The movie follows an outbreak. It has two sisters who are in high school. Um, Their dad leaves, and they're kind of stuck in the middle of this parasitic outbreak of these worm-type things that completely take over their town. The town gets quarantined. So the one sister, Stacy, gets infected, and they lock her up and are trying to decide what to do with her. They think they're able to save her by cutting out the parasite, and she still gets infected. The town ends up getting blown up at the end. I particularly like this one because it, it was like a mix between a zombie outbreak and a parasite outbreak. It was like kind of like a best of both worlds kind of deal. I like it in the beginning that the father, who was a teacher, they were going over a lesson about bot flies, which, you know, lay their eggs inside uh, or, well, on wet clothing of somebody in like southern regions of the world. And then the eggs burrow into their skin where they develop and become actual flies. And that's where kind of this parasite comes from. They really don't explain into too much detail what this parasite was, but it was definitely a worm based parasite. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much them in a town where it gets quarantined and the infected people just start going crazy and just trying to infect other people with it. And it's one of those like, parasites that totally take over the host the the parasite to me just really reminded me of uh the game the last of us how they did the clicking and the way that they couldn't see and they just relied on sound to get around like Mm -hmm. that's that's what i thought of the entire movie whenever they showed the uh the infected i personally wasn't a huge fan of the movie I don't feel like there was anything specific about the movie. I mean, it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen, but it there was nothing specific to the movie that I was like, this is really cool or this is really interesting. It was kind of just happening. Yeah, I feel like this was a movie that was on Netflix that I would have avoided. It, it felt like watching Degrassi Gets Infected. <laughs> only not taking place in Canada. There's a big virus going on. Yeah, let's just all go to this fucking party and party it up. And then the girl just grabs the random one sister that gets infected, which, by the way, so disgusting. Like, how do you just ra- grab a random drink in some abandoned house party and just <laughs> take a swig while your boyfriend, played by fucking Machine Gun Kelly, yeah. like, Whoa. just has this grassy fucking vibe to it, which... Don't get me wrong, I love the OG Degrassi uh, Next Generation, but not when I'm watching a fucking horror movie. Like, I don't care about your teenage problems. Uh, the the whole Machine Gun Kelly, I was like, come on, dude. They, he's re- That's how I know this was like a straight-to-Netflix DVD thing when you got someone like Machine Gun Kelly on there. The, uh, the um, movie was actually it was slated to be released in theaters. They changed it to a video-on-demand release last minute. This movie failed to deliver on many points for me. Like, I just, again, dude, it was like, it's that typical shit that you try to avoid on Netflix when you're, you're browsing through because Netflix has been lacking in movies and this is those prime examples of the majority of the movies that are on there. And I know as a horror fan, I'm not the only one who thinks this when it comes to Netflix horror movies. I, I just, I, it, it focused too much on teenage drama and shit. And also, I didn't like how these parasites had like these superhuman strength. Like it was just kind of like, okay. I feel like it didn't go a- into it enough with the, the superhuman strength because the the first kid that gets infected with the curly hair at the party he, like, just swats this person and they go flying. And you're like, okay, this yeah, thing has like, superhuman... You're like, this thing has superhuman strength. But then I feel like no other one after that really showed any 
superhuman strength or quality. Exactly. I caught on to that too. And I was just like, why did that kid? But no one else did. It just, I don't. I think my complaint that I would give out is like the whole town gets infected, but you really only see like, I think on total, maybe like 10 people that are infected and that's at the end when you find them all in the closet but before that i don't know if maybe like the the army was taking them all out as they went but i feel like they could have expanded it like if it was a straight up outbreak i would have maybe enjoyed it a little bit more but steven like you said like it did focus a lot on just i wouldn't even say teen drama but like unnecessary subplots like i didn't need to know that this girl's dad cheated on her mom and that's why their mom left and that's why this girl's been acting out in high school like yeah if you're, if you're gonna make an outbreak movie make it an outbreak movie that that was my my feelings on don't it. make it degrassi fucking meets <laughs> parasites what were you gonna say Rich? Then... Uh, i'm sorry i guess when when i watch it like this i zone out on stupid stuff like that i really was only like focused on like what was like outbreak whenever they were talking about their family like personal shit i don't really remember too much of it because i zone out but i felt like i thought this movie did a couple of really cool things the scene where they're cutting the parasite out of the the sister's neck i thought that was a really cool scene you know i did like it how you know it was kind of like a slither kind of moment where like when they got infected like all they wanted to do was eat and eat and eat and that developed the parasite like faster also at the end where it was like I felt like they could have expanded on it more because they were saying about how the parasites were all linked together. They could, like, communicate together. They really didn't expand on that at all, which was a really cool aspect to have of, like, like an outbreak film, you know? Yeah. You would think it would be more organized and better developed and, you know... I feel I don't like know, things but... happened way too conveniently in this movie also, like... Uh, the girl's friend, the girl Emma, the main character, her friend Gracie, when she collapses, there's nobody around. But then all of a sudden this curly hair guy randomly shows up last minute and is like, hey, what's going on? So that he can get infected, so that Emma doesn't get infected. And then like, okay, maybe not so much this one, but this one just really fucking triggered me. The guy Evan, who Emma liked, throws a paper fucking airplane from the street into a second story window to perfectly Honestly, land on yeah. her lap. Is he the fucking airplane champ? What happened in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be a deleted scene where it shows Evan going through fucking vigorous training to become a paper airplane champion. That was the plot I had a problem with. But anyway, back on track. Um, or just every outtake <laughs> of him missing the window. Like, how many times did it take him throwing a paper airplane to perfectly make I it in? I would have enjoyed the movie a little bit more if it added, like, a little scene of it showing the outside of the window and there's just a pile of paper airplanes outside and he's acting all fucking cool. Like, yeah, I did that. But... Uh, but back on the whole like convenience thing, like at the end of the movie, the second they make it out of the town, the town gets blown up. Like not even that, they jump into a swimming pool and the town blows up. Yeah, it's like very like how, everything how does a happens. Pool save you. Everything happens so conveniently, and I'm it, that's it. Feels like this is what I got out of this movie. Uh, the people who made it said, "Okay, The Last of Us, very big video game. Let's make a outbreak movie." That has similar creatures to that. Uh, zombies, very big. Let's make it so that these people are basically zombie-like. Like they, they, I feel like they just took everything that was big and tried to make a movie. Didn't think it out very well and just said, like, 
We'll just go with it. My issue with this was the scene where Evan's stepdad comes in the house and the fucking, the parasite is coming out of his ears. Did anybody else think that that was a total rip of Cockroach Man from Men in Black? And this is not my first Men in Black (laughs) reference. This is not. If you go back to the witches episodes, the old ladies looking like the worm (laughs) creatures. I definitely got that vibe. But it was, it was like the look on his face and everything. If you remember, Johnny Knoxville had the, he had a broken neck. That was what the, the character that he played, the guy Mm -hmm. had a broken neck. So he had like all the chins going on and his, he was really like contorted. And that was like the exact fucking feel that I got. And, and I, not to hate on you, Steven, Mm -hmm. Machine Gun Kelly made this fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) You think so? First off, I have never seen anybody hop up a flight of stairs with a broken leg to land some poon quicker than that guy. And he actually had a broken leg while filming this movie. Fun fact. Or the fact that he's clearly covered in professional tattoos in high school. In high school. (laughs) I was like, come on. Like, you're like 35. How many fucking times did you fail? No, I I will say, Rich, the part uh, where they're trying to get the parasite out of the sister, I think that was probably, I would say, the the strongest point of the movie. I love how, like, the thought process, because I'm like, why the fuck are they putting tape over it? And she puts the tape over and she's like, now it can't breathe. So it has to come out for air. Yeah, but that's what I was saying. It it went back to, like, obviously you weren't paying attention during the scene where they were in class and they were explaining that. Like, it all went back, like, that one scene where they were in the classroom described what this whole parasite was. It wasn't a bot fly, though. No, but it was it was doing like what a bot fly did. What lay eggs? Well, it was it was infecting a host and using it, and like somehow um, going back to what Dylan was saying with the Last of Us, there are actual parasites out there that infect insects and totally take over their central nervous system, and like yeah, you know, but wasn't the passing like when they coughed up the blood, and then the blood like kind of went into someone's like eyes or mouth or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like a spore kind of deal, but it was, yeah, it was blood transferred, I think. I don't know. How I feel is like that just, bot fl- it's, it's that very, bot it was flies? very, it was very unexplained because it's like the creatures like crawl into your neck and they have a hole, but then you get any it by kind of spitting up on. I, don't know. I think that any if kind- they, I think that what they, they loosely tried and, and, I think that what they did was the whole idea with the bot fly was they were showing that the bot fly implants itself and it it has a host. Okay, so if you want to compare the, the bot flies to this parasite, the only comparison that I see is a host. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if even covering it up, when she tried pulling it out, it was like an endless rope. It was more like a tapeworm than anything. Yeah. And if you looked in the scene with the closet... They have multiple of them coming out, so mm-hmm. I feel like there's really there's no end. No, there, well, that's why that's why when they pulled this one out, she was still infected with it. But I was I was saying it was kind of like the the bot fly because you know I've watched Animal Planet and shit, and a bot fly is something I never want to come into contact with. That's what they do. Like you'll have like these giant like boils all over your body from where the eggs burrow into your skin. And they take something like Vaseline or something thick and they spread it over the hole and it makes the parasite come towards the surface to try to get air, which is why she put tape over the lump on the back of her neck. They definitely took a bunch of different parasites and just mixed them together, but there's obviously no parasite that turns you into a zombie. Yeah. 
I, I, certain aspects, I mean, there's, you can get, like, ticks can cause what's called tick paralysis, which it's like a, a vegetative state. Well, there was also the the parasite that they were talking about in the movie that uh, takes over rodents and it makes them unafraid of um, cats. Cats, yeah. They reproduce in cats. Yeah, uh, I mean, so a parasite can alter your state of thought, but it, I don't think it would take over because it would have had to been like controlling its brain completely. And I don't think you're going to find think, a. I think what they could have done with this to make it a more solid movie would have been some sort of outbreak of. Of like a, a mutated form of rabies. I if rabies causes aggression. Twenty eight mm-hmm. days later, kind of deal. It, mm-hmm. Which is exactly it, it was like a shitty rip off of of that. That's what I'm saying. That's you know, you all that you got Huh? I yes, definitely, I definitely got that vibe. If and and this it wasn't just just that, but it the color scheme. And I know that Dylan's big on the whole co- on colors and stuff like that. Um, it, it definitely that that was the one good quality that it had. I did like the party scene because of of the juxtaposition of the colors that it it, it used a lot of the primary colors. So I I liked that. I thought that that was thought that was solid. Uh, but it, it twenty eight days later, if you watch it, it's got a, a minimalist feel to it. And but delivered so well. Yes, and that's what makes it such an amazing movie in comparison to this, which I think tried to take a lot of those uh, those themes and just did not deliver at all. And I, I think that the, the big thing for me that took away from this the most was the depiction of the parasite. Like, I think that had it not given it a face, per se, it almost would have made it a, a better movie to me. Yeah, because I'd, I'd, I agree, because it's... It goes back to I really hate CGI, like poorly done CGI, and that's what I got from it. Especially like um, the part where Emma's having the dream and she sees Stacy, and Stacy's still infected, and she like spits, spits out all out, the worms. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, like at, go practical with it, or I don't, don't know. do it at all. <laughs> yeah, because you could have gotten some like fucking I don't know. Even if you get some grape flavored gummy worms and just have her spit those out <laughs> yeah definitely kind of ripped off though with uh 28 days later with the whole passing of the blood to the parasite i feel like it was a, yeah. it was a, it was a lot of things it was like it was 28 days later and if 28 days later and the last of us had a baby and degrassi and degrassi, and degrassi. <laughs> One of the, i don't know why I, i'm gonna bring this fucking scene up i got so fucking triggered at the part where emma is looking for gracie in the school and she walks out and looks at the janitor and says have you seen a girl? What kind of fucking question is that? Yes. <laughs> That's all. That's all no. I have to say. It's like, duh, you're in a fucking high school. Do you know what? Do you know what scene for some reason just really fucking got to me? The part where they were delivering MREs. So CDC rolls into town or the military, whoever's coming, National Guard, I'm assuming. They're coming in and they're just like knocking on doors and they're dropping off MREs. And I feel like that is something that they do overseas for people in a disaster situation. But they ain't doing that here. (laughs) I feel like if they quarantine it, it's every man for themselves. You better figure that shit the fuck out. (laughs) Like, you better better go and eat. You you better, like, ration those fucking brownies, girls, because you're you're about to die. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you better go yeah. out into the desert and start eating some fucking scorpions or something figure it out i was waiting for a twist type ending too to where it's like oh it's not the, like when the 
when Emma and Evan escape and they go to this gas station, they pull down like, where is it? Washington State. Okay, let's go. And they get in the car and they drive off and then it just ends. I wanted it to like, they get in the car and they drive off and it showed the back of Evan's neck and it has the hole in it. I thought that would have been a... A solid ending. Yeah. Do you want to know what I, like what really aggravated me? And and it goes back to that, that end scene. Okay. So... It, this takes place in California, didn't it? Yep. Or okay, your parents it, as a as a parent, okay, as a parent, you have two minor children at home. A natural disaster strikes. You know your fucking whole town's quarantined, and they're dropping bombs on it. As a parent, would you be okay just being like, you know what? Sucks to be you. I'm going to Washington State. I'm going two fucking states away. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I guess since it was they so didn't far know, away, they, but... The parents didn't know what was going on when they when the one dad left. He was, like, going to get the mom back. He was something. going yeah. to get her from the airport, yeah. But they, they were going to... I think it, the mom flew into LAX, and it was, like, it was shut down. So you would still stay in the same state. I mean, that would be like them quarantining New Paltz and they're going to fucking blow it up because of an outbreak. But you're in, you're in Socrates. Wouldn't you just go to like Albany and wait and see what happens? Or are you going to drive to Vermont and wait and see what happens and hope your kids find you? But that, that brought up another point, which why Dylan, I don't think the town got overrun like that because... The military was periodically checking in on the houses and taking away anybody who was infected or dead. Yeah, that's what I said. I said unless they were taking them out. like it, Yeah, because I, I just remembered they were putting a symbol on the outside of the yeah. house of how many people were there and how many people were dead from the house. And If so, that was the case, though, then what was the need for them to bomb it? Like, if they had already... Did, I think it got to the point where there's probably too many too people much. and they... Or maybe they were, yeah, they maybe they got it. they got they thought they got everybody out and it was just kind of a because they could get the people out but that doesn't mean there's not the parasites still free roaming the mm-hmm. the place so that would be a way to kill off the parasites and I don't know yet another movie that didn't explain shit <laughs> yeah it, it I think that there was just so much uh, there was a lot that was just kind of like I feel like there were some good ideas there that were just not executed well like the part like I said like. Where Stacy's infected and they're gonna cut out the worm from her and they suffocate it and take it. Out. I thought that was really cool and it was well done, but it, other than that, it didn't really explain a lot. And there was nothing really. There was nothing that I could have watched and said, "Oh, this is fucking cool," or "Oh, that's interesting how they did that," or "I really like how they did that." It was kind of just I was there watching it. I think the movie just lacked. Uh, there was just so many things that could have been answered that weren't. I think it ripped off a lot of other movies. Um, I think that it had potential. I, I'll give it that. It had potential. And they really could have done something, in my opinion, that would have been fucking awesome with it. I don't like that they put a face to the parasite. I think they could have done without that. I think that they could have developed the characters better without making it such a cliche high school drama and going into, you know, everybody's cheesy ass background story on their their high school angst. There was no real, like director's points that or or filming points that stood out to me like you said the best part of this movie was mgk so i'm gonna go with a solid three pretty much without repeating everything that we kind of just went over um i I do think that there was potential there were some scenes that i would have liked to see more from and maybe some more explaining on what was going on why certain things were happening and maybe just a little more thought put into the story in general because like there's 
or the screenplay in general because there's just so many things that just conveniently happen as like a scapegoat to okay well we need to get we need to explain this situation so let's just throw this in there so that and cgi not a fan of cgi i'd probably give it a 2.5 uh for me again this was one of those films that are just on netflix that i try to avoid the shuffle uh because netflix has been slacking so yeah netflix i'm calling you out Step up your fucking game with the horror movie selection because you got a lot of shit ones on there, all right? And uh, this one could have definitely been lost in the shuffle. And it was like Degrassi meets 28 Days Later meets a zombie vibe to it. And it just it failed to deliver on many points. I hate CGI, especially when it's done poorly. And these were this was a prime example of some of the scenes. They were just done bad, so I'm going to have to give this film a 2. I would not recommend it to anyone, in my personal opinion. All right. Pretty much agree with what everybody said. I like the whole idea of a parasite and it kind of taking over the person's body. Um, I like the whole worm aspect of it, but definitely failed to deliver. Um, CGI, once again, sucks. They could have just done the whole movie a whole lot better than what they did um gonna have to go with a three on this one just for lack of execution um had a decent plot had you know uh machine gun kelly getting his arm ripped off that was pretty cool um but besides that all right so the average rating is a 2.62 All right, that's going to wrap it up on this week's Parasite episode. We want to thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering the first three Friday the 13th films. Should be a good one. Sierra's also going to be doing a artist spotlight on Sylvester Barzi's book, Planet Dead. So be on the lookout for that next week also. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Haven Podcast or check out our website at horrorhavenmedia.com we have our schedule for upcoming episodes our ratings on past movies that we've covered all kinds of fun stuff so check it out let us know what you think and have a good night yeah so get ready also to kick this summer off with that you feel me